Hello and welcome to Master Your Coaching Biz, a podcast for rising coaches and entrepreneurs who want to design the life of their dreams and make a massive impact on the world while building an inspired, successful, and profitable business. I'm your host, Cheryl Thacker, Master Board Certified Coach, trainer, ICF Mentor Coach, international speaker, and founder of Successful Coaches Enterprise. I believe that every coach has a unique gift to present to the world, and I'm humbled that I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs on their journey to mastering their business. Join me each week as we explore all things coaching to master your business with tools, techniques, and strategies to create and market your products, get visible, make an impact, and grow your business. Listen in on interviews with leading coaches and entrepreneurs sharing their stories and best tips to teach, inspire, and empower you. Observe coaching sessions, participate in Q&A, and learn how to master your mindset to enhance your coaching skills. Are you ready to build the life and business of your dreams while doing what you love? Let's get started. Welcome, Leslie, to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. How are you, Cheryl? I'm doing well, thank you. And um, audience, this is Leslie Flowers, and we're talking today about her journey into coaching and consulting. It's very interesting. I'd like to like to give you a minute, Leslie, to tell our listeners how you got started. Well, all right, Cheryl, thanks for having me. I've always been a speaker, and I'm an extrovert, and I majored in drama in college, and I did theater. So, so I see that now. I can right? see <laughs> So I got very involved in the mid-90s in, in leadership and transformational technology. Very curious However, I was always that way. I went to San Francisco State in the 60s and studied philosophy and humanities and drama. So I've always been really curious about the subconscious and what really makes us tick. I don't know, maybe because, um, because I needed help myself. And I will tell you that the first time anybody coached me, it was a nightmare because I already knew everything. I was completely uncoachable, completely, uh, you know, in my own point of view, couldn't see anything else. I was rather like a 14-year-old freshman in high school, right? Um, but I, I dabbled in leadership training and transformational technology between 96 and 2003, 2003. And then a few years after that, The Secret came out, which was all about the law of attraction. It was a runaway hit. And I was still working in corporate and I created a meetup group called The Secret Society. And we met every month and I led and we talked about the different people in The Secret. And I love doing this. And then one day through a series of unusual events, which you would call a coincidence, but which I know now was not a coincidence because I had been asking the question, I landed on Bob Proctor's website. That was late in 2007. Picked up the phone and made a call. They said, you'll come down here next spring to Florida and you'll be a life success consultant and coach and you're going to do masterminds based on Think and Grow Rich. This was late in 07. And I said, oh great, how much is this? And they said $16,000. <laughs> and I said, right, I'll be there. Well, I had $500 in my Edward Jones account, but I will tell you that I knew this was it. And anytime I ever really wanted something, I got it. If I didn't give up, well, there was a windfall six months later and I went down to, to, my, uh, to West Palm Beach and I became certified 
there were lots of people there. And now it's what, 12 years later, mm -hmm. I'm one of the only people that are still doing the work. So that's what happens sometimes. What I've discovered is that when you go to these big events, you need to go with your own dream. Otherwise, yeah. if you don't go with your own dream, they're going to create one that you love and they're very good at it. And then you buy the dream they have for you and you get home and you go, what? What are your last right. yeah I, that's yeah. so true um, yeah so you so you have to have your own dream and i had the dream right so that was all she wrote since that time you know i even forgot that i was a licensed coach i had to go back and look and i did all the training i studied with the best right and so i I've actually gotten in a lot of trouble the couple of times i've done one-on-one -on -one coaching <laughs> maybe you can help me with this um, I actually attracted two people that needed professional help. Mm. Yeah. So I see coaching as taking a person from status quo to greatness. Mm -hmm. The professional help is below status quo up to greatness. Well, the two solo people that I, that I attracted needed something I couldn't give them. So what I do is group coaching. <laughs> it's, it's not as hard <laughs> and right. it's safer. Does that give you an idea a little bit on the background? It does. It sounds amazing. Um, and, and I agree The you know, people, especially the coaching or entrepreneur world, they get into, you know, programs and things because people are selling them that dream. And then afterwards they don't do anything with it. Right. And so that's what actually inspired me to do this podcast was, um, and also to, to have my group um, and, and to be, to coach coaches because so many don't do anything with it. They get the certification, they put out the money, you know, they do the work to get the certification and then they don't do anything with their businesses. And so I like to help as much as possible. And then this podcast and guests like you are helping me to help them as well. So I definitely understand that. I have a question for you. When you first started, what, what kind of mindset did you, did you have? To oh, I was, I was a know-it-all. I still know my first coach, very introverted young woman who, <laughs> who never gave up on me, right? Yeah. I was the worst possible client because <laughs> when you already know everything that the coach doesn't know anything, I was right. defensive. I was combative. In fact, you know, turnabout is fair play because about a year after that, I was doing coaching and I had a client just like me. <laughs> and I looked at my coach and I said, okay, I get it now. Right. So I was uncoachable. I know it all. My reality was the only reality. And I resented if you tried to, if you didn't walk on eggshells around me, life wasn't very good for you as a coach. So I, I respect my coach to this day. And that's been, <laughs> it's been almost 20 years and she's still around. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm the worst possible client, which set me up for dealing with anybody who was as bad as me. Yeah. So I was very good and I actually got applause after I helped this client turn the corner and overcome some of her uncoachability. <laughs> so, you know, if you've been there, then you begin to recognize yourself, right? Absolutely, yeah. Did I answer your question? You did. Okay. <laughs> um, so where, where do you think your mindset is now compared to them? Well, I've been teaching mindset for 12 years solid, and I will tell you where it is. Here's what I noticed. When all of this, these current events began to occur for us maybe four to six weeks ago, mm -hmm. I noticed something 
that no matter what negative thing I saw or heard, there was no time lapse between finding its opposite. I teach the law of polarity and all the hermetic laws and, and practicing things, things like this. You know, the difference between a coach and everybody else is this. We have the same issues. The, diff the time that it takes us to recognize where we are and look up, right, and shift our thinking is, gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So where I am now is I am never grabbed by negative thoughts. And if I am, I know to reach out to my coach. Yeah. So my mindset now is fluid. It is heart-centered. It is primarily objective and responsive. And I can actually, I'm like the, the, um, the dragonfly who lights for just a second on the bush and then is off. <laughs> so, so I have a really strong, positive mindset. And it's probably because of all the clients I've worked with teaching them to do it. Yeah. So what did you do? Um, so you, you've taught them, but what did you do to teach yourself to begin with? How did you, um, how did you get into that part of it? Well, the reality of it was, is there was two places. First, when I did all landmark educations work, okay, because that's a curriculum for living. And the cool part about that particular technology, um, the genius in it is the seminars, the three months after you do the work because you know as well as I do nothing happens overnight and right. my clients are I have them for a year and, and you're not going to make any changes that stick unless you're in a vacuum in less than six months in my view right the reality is with everything else we have going on if you're working on one specific thing it's not the only thing in your life it took you decades to get in the mess or the mess I'm in <laughs> so to think that I would be over it in a month or two months and three months and create a new belief, new confidence in myself around that belief, it just doesn't happen. So that was the first place. What was your question again? <laughs> so the, just the, how you got into learning. The, oh, okay. That part, yeah. Right. Well, and, and so the, the interesting part about Landmark is that a lot of people, you know, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, okay? When I was in it, I lost friends because they wanted you to sell, sell, sell. So I sold what I needed to sell in order to pay for my leadership training, okay? So that's how I learned. And it was very difficult because when you are pressured, literally, to register people into this program, it's a very unpleasant place to be. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so that's how I learned. Then, then with Proctor, right, that was uh, 2008, they, they gave me the manual to do a Think and Grow Rich Mastermind, what I do every single week. And I bought um, the unabridged audio, and I was working in Durham at the time, so 30 minutes one side, 30 minutes the other side, over and over because repetition is how you not only learn it, but that it actually becomes, you have faith in it and belief yeah. in it. You want to think about it again. So I just did the mastermind. I got eight people and I was one chapter ahead of them for a long time. Now I never charged them the first year because I figured they're giving me their time and I'm getting to uh, practice on them. Right. <laughs> so by teaching them, I also had to learn it. And I've done over 150 masterminds. I've taught this stuff for 14,000 hours, six books, tons of 
you know, webinars, everything. I just love it. And yeah. so I'm old now. So I'm doing what I want to do. Right. I'm retired. I'm a half-time entrepreneur and a half-time nanopreneur. Yes, I right? love that. Unfortunately, I can't do the nano shuttling or the Uber nano work because everybody's sequestered, right? Yes. And we're uh, for those listening, um, if you're listening at a future date, uh, we're talking about COVID-19. Oh yeah. Uh, in the quarantine uh, phase right now in, in March, in April, we just hit April. That's okay. Right. So, so tell me, um, so that's, that's just really, I love that history and that, um, thank you. And I love that you took a year to really learn the, learn the craft, learn the mastermind. Um, and you didn't charge it first. So, so second year you started charging, uh, after 18 months. After I had done about eight masterminds, I was doing eight week face to face back then. You went different places or they gathered. I had a 7 a.m. in corporate in my conference room in Research Triangle Park where everybody gathered at 7 a.m. on a Friday. Can you imagine such a thing? So about a year and a half in, I decided to charge. And you know what I charged them for eight weeks? $99. Because <laughs> I was suffering from the lack of deservability that women feel it's not that we're not able, right? We're, we're like fish out of water in business, having only been in it really three decades. And so I was afraid to charge more. And that's been one of the biggest things in learning over these years is the biggest um, boost in awareness is every time I raise my prices because I deal with, you know, deservability. And of course I know that I'm great and, um, that I that people get results. I get all that. Right. And I still have that too. Yeah. I still resist, and that's why I have a coach. And coaches need coaches. Absolutely. So yeah. you kind of have that. Um, what do they call it? The the. Um, oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. The 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 syndrome where we don't believe in ourselves. I can't think of the name of it. I know I'm gonna imposter. Think Thank you. Okay. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> I think that that for, that kind of you know keeps us from flourishing if we give into it. So as imposter, I've never really understood what that is. Tell me what you, how you would articulate what is the imposter? But what you just said, it it felt like that I feel like I'd be an imposter to ask for more. Yeah. So you don't, well, it's, it's, it's like, who am I to charge that money? Mm -hmm. That's really it in a nutshell, right? Who am I to charge that money? Who am I yeah. to raise my prices? And that affects, and you're right, it affects more women than men, yep. more female coaches than male coaches, definitely. But uh, coaches in general too. I mean, even, even men, you have to, you know, I have a, a male client that we, you know, we still had to work through some issues. It's just faster and easier for them to get through it than it is. Yes. Well, that's interesting you mentioned that because I met a new coach about six months ago, a young man, and we were doing a mini workshop and it was about how much we were charging, how much we wanted to charge. Oh my God, he started out at $200,000 or, you know, like just this outrageous amount. And I'm looking at my meager $6,000 and he didn't charge 200, let's say 20. Um, but he didn't have any experience. But his coach, and, and because he was a man, I think, he wasn't resistant to that figure. But right. as a woman, I was. And of course, it's all relative, right? Yeah. So nothing has any value till you compare it to something else. So we all have what we think is too much or not enough, which is unique to us. Well, he had no problem being a brand new coach, wanting to charge someone $20,000 to work with him. And I'm going, wow. Did he get it? <laughs> I'm struggling with six. <laughs> Do you know if he got that? 
If he got the 20,000? I don't know. I don't know. Because the other thing that happens is there's a bunch of, you know, coaches out there and some are not certified coaches. Some are just more consultants, but they, they sell that dream of $20,000, you know, months for coaches uh, coming right out the bat. And you know what? It's a lot of it's unrealistic. I mean, 99% of that is unrealistic. I don't care if you're a guy, a gal or whatever. Um, <laughs> you need to have some experience. I'm not going to pay anybody anywhere near that amount of money without experience. And I, always have a coach. Anyway, the trick, the, we have to be careful as coaches, what we buy into, and we have to make sure that we have that foundation. And and we also, we coaches have a bad rap. They're a dime a dozen. Anybody can hang out a shingle. Now the plus side of that is, you know, like in Europe, you have to have a certification to do these things. Yeah. And do a number of things. I think even, you know, all sorts of trades, if you will, or consulting that we don't need to do here. So it's great that you can hang out a shingle and, and, and teach yourself and take classes. What I've found to your point is people will say that they're a coach and very often if you don't do your due diligence, they're learning on your dime. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because anybody yeah. can call themselves a coach. And that's why we, we, you know, I, we try to focus in on certified coaches and I actually advise you to look for coaches that have been certified or trained, you know, maybe they don't have a coaching certification, but maybe they have, you know, another relevant type training, you know, then they have the experience on top of that, you know, then, then you know what you're paying for and you know what you're going to get into. Yes. uh, Basically. But yeah, definitely the, the due diligence. Yeah. Um, so, so then, so you started charging $99 after 18 months. How long did it take you to, to push your rates up? Well, now listen, about six months later, I went to 129. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, going to 199 was big stuff for me. Again, we're talking 12 years ago, 10 years ago, and I've learned a, a whole lot since then. Right. And I have the results now. I have the program, I have the testimonials, I have the longevity, I have the consistent results in spaced intervals over time by my clients. That right. just simply takes time. Um, and, uh, you know, even if you are a certified coach, I remember meeting someone who had all sorts of certifications, but she didn't have her own coach. And her emotional intelligence was pretty minimal. So it doesn't mean just because you've done the work right that you are going to be good at it if you don't when I say do the work, do the the curriculum right, right and under and the practicing and all that. But you still are going to be facing the same kind of beliefs and obstacles and fears that anybody else will. So if you don't have a coach, then you may give up and maybe that's why all those people have given up the same reason why you go to a large event with a personal development guru, you know, just kind of wide open, not knowing why you're there other than to go and have a good time. And you find yourself writing a check that you, and you're happy about it, but then it fizzles because it wasn't your dream to start with. Yeah. And I really like that, that you focus on that, making sure that it's your dream and not, not somebody else's that you're buying into. I love that. Um, And I tell people they have a specific intention when you go to those things. What is it you're looking for? Have a budget. 
make sure that you have got parameters before you step in there because it's just like a what are those guys who do the uh that do the dancing for women <laughs> yes it's no different what happens in the energy in the room if you've ever been to one of those which i have years and years ago um the there is a frenetic energy that that is like a virus which moves very quickly um, just read Virus of the Mind by Richard Brody, and you'll, you know, they, viruses move quickly. Yep. Interesting times, right? So the same thing happens, happened to me when I went to see the Chippendales. Has <laughs> <laughs> happened when you go to one of these big events. There's this energy that, that grabs you mm -hmm. if you're not aware. So I tell people to, you know, have an intention, leave your money in the car, leave it at home bring enough to eat because whatever they're selling it'll be available in a couple of days because there's a lot of buyer's blues so we don't want that to happen to people no we don't no. <laughs> um let's see what would you as far as charging what would be a tip that you would give the coaches listening in like you know be confident in in starting out their their fee pricing or or raising their their rates okay so if you have a coach they would help you with that um i think that the the thing that i would advise is do a little research find out what the going rate is right you can do that through whoever taught you and your certification and get a nice broad range of what is the incoming right what is an incoming rate and then make your choice um, and then stick with it and see what happens so whatever you decide after you've looked at what, you know, like I would ask you what you think, I would ask other people in other groups, not a lot of people, and it's not really their opinion. I want to range mm -hmm. as little as, let's say, $75 a session, as much as $500 a session. Right. Right. Anywhere in between that. And I would start with a pilot and I'm not thinking big, but I'm thinking if you did a pilot course for a few months, it would be a great way to begin and charge. I don't know, maybe $75, a session or mm -hmm. maybe a couple hundred dollars a month. It really wouldn't be about money when you first started. Right. It would be more about, did I pick the right amount? Am I attracting the right clients? Right. Because if, you do, if you're too inexpensive, you may be attracting clients that don't want to pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it gives you that experience. You can test it out and then you can, you can look at re, you know, restructuring it or, or pricing it higher the next time. But that first time, keeping it more on the, on the, the lower side. Yeah, and then evaluate it, right? Well, gosh, you know, this worked out great. I have a lot of people. Um, for me, it took me 18 months to feel like, but I was working in corporate, so I didn't, didn't have a need, right, for that. And very often that happens with women. If we have a backup um, support system financially, mm -hmm. we don't worry so much about that. But I, I think we need to look at it more. So it's whatever you feel comfortable with, because you don't want to be in there coaching, worrying about if you've charged too much or not enough. But to this point, let me tell you this one example of this one other person I coached when I first started oh, in 2008, I took a coaching client on. Now, 
um, I was raising my price to $250 an hour. Outrageous as a coach, I thought. I mean, outrageous. But my coach said, do it and don't say anything. Just do it. So who is the person I'm coaching? A woman who hadn't had a job in a year oh and, and, and owns a house. So, of course, what am I going to make that mean? She can't afford anything, right? I mean, she hasn't worked in a year, right? And she still has a mortgage payment. But we don't know what people have. Right. And here's what I learned. So I did what my coach said. And I think that the fee when I totaled it all up was $1,500. And I was sure she wouldn't do it. And she wrote a check. So <laughs> don't ever believe that people don't have any money. That's what you believe. And that's what, but if they want it, right. you'll be surprised that people have money. <laughs> Oh, and then, then I'm calling my coach. Oh, guess what? She wrote me a check for $1,500. See, Leslie, I told you, right? And that was $250 an hour. Yep. I was the one who was afraid, and I made it mean that she didn't have any money, and it wasn't true. And I'll give you another good one. I don't know if your people want to hear this, but you know, right. we hear it. when I was 21, living in San Francisco, I worked for Eileen Feather Figure Salon. <laughs> You know, with the jiggling and the all the the, the health the health clubs of old, I was always the, in the top three sales person, right? I mean, always in the top. People saw me and went the other way because I could sell a drowning man a cup of water. I was the top salesperson, but I was twenty one and I couldn't deal with old people. My sales went down with old people because I didn't relate to them. I was 21 and weighed 125 pounds and gorgeous. And here were these old people coming in. So I had this one lady come in. Back then they had microphones in the, the rooms so your coaches could listen, right, to what you were saying, right? You can't do that anymore. Anyway, so I have this woman who's in her 60s and she's wearing a Kmart duster. You know, the ones with the snaps up the front and the yeah. pockets like that your grandma wears. So she comes into the, the, the health club and it's a big, beautiful place in that, right? With her hands in her pockets and her snaps and sits down across from me. Well, my manager had a, a, a PhD in psychology and she made us read Psycho-Cybernetics and Secrets of Closing Sales. And here's what she told me to do. Mirror the woman. Do exactly what she does. If she talks, you talk. If she doesn't talk, you don't talk. Well, I'm gregarious and I'm busy talking. And she's not talking, she's not smiling. So I stopped talking a lot and I didn't smile. <laughs> and I, I literally mirrored her, I wasn't mean, but I just kind of took on her persona. And so back then the most expensive course was $468. So we would start with the 468, then the next one down was 312. We give them a choice of two, right? Because that's the witch clothes. Mm -hmm. Then we work all the way down to $78. That was the smallest program. So we we're going to get a sale, right? So I'm in there and this is how I close. My recommendation is the deluxe program at 468. It meets all of your needs. No smile, right? However, if you wish, you can take the $312 program and upgrade later. She points to the 468 and pulls out $468 out of the pockets of that duster. Another example 
And everybody in the office who was listening, you could hear them hooting and hollering because I just made the biggest sale you could make. This was in 1972, was $468. So the mirroring technique mm -hmm. to match the person and going back to the point, you never know who has the money. Don't think that you know they don't have any money. Assume that they do. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so, Thanks for um, letting me share that. Yeah, no, I love that. <laughs> so what, um, what would you tell somebody that's having difficulty uh, getting clients? Well, I would say join a networking group or a woman's group, uh, particularly a woman's group. Now, um, a little hard to do right now because we are not gathering together as we used to. It still can work through Zoom sessions. You want to speak at every women. If you join a women's group, like there's two in our area that have a lot of chapters. Mm -hmm. So if you're a member, you get to go around and speak to the other chapters in your own. So they actually get to know you. Mm -hmm. But that, that is the way that you start getting clients is presenting yourself, visiting more than once, right? And connecting with that group of women or men. I, I shouldn't say women. <laughs> We're both men and women on the show, but, but yeah, so, so I like that. So speaking yeah. and networking uh, and in-person events not not necessarily always online but of course now we're looking at online um, it's a little different but it's still the same principle because these women's groups are now meeting online yeah. and uh, you still would have the opportunity to present now you would be presenting on zoom but the point is that inside this woman's group network it's there's an opportunity for you to go to all the different chapters and do a 20-minute presentation, get to know them, right? And then they'll come to your chapter. So it, it's not a fast thing, right, in terms of getting clients, but you're going to spend at least six months, if not more, letting people know you, right? Now, the, you know, in addition to that, I think you could use social media. Do mm -hmm. you use that? I do. Um, Okay, so, so let's jump over from, from what I would do. How do you do it on social media? Because I think that's very important. So um, one of the strategies that I teach is basically to, and that I use is to join groups, right? Okay. Facebook groups. And um, well, you have a group, I have a group, right? So we have theme days, um, you know, and you offer value in the groups. So you're helping other people when they ask questions, you offer up, uh, you know, free content, that's, that's just the way it is. We offer up free content. And then when we have an opportunity, people see us start seeing us as leaders and experts and they contact us. Or if we have a, a promotion day, then we're able to promote a product that we're running. Um, but I, I get a lot of uh, messages through social media after, you know, I help out in a group. And, but I also believe in the, in the long game, which is definitely the networking. So I think a combination of both works, the speaking, um, networking groups and, and online Facebook groups offering, you know, free content, and then also getting kind of, uh, like joint ventures, getting other people to share your, 
uh, your content online. Well, that's a little bit down the line, though, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have, yeah. I mean, they have to anyway. have to get some kind of a established a little bit first, but yeah. Well, and to your point, you know, there are those who just fly through and drop their offers. To your point about providing value, you can do it on LinkedIn too. Um, the the thing is, is that you want to do about six valuable posts to one or two promotional ones. Right. You don't want to be known as the person that runs through and wants to sell, you know, sell services and, and they'll trust you. But again, this is a long game. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to be consistent and don't spread yourself thin. Identify the, a couple of groups like Cheryl's group, right? And, and work in those groups rather than kind of spraying your, your value everywhere um, people do have to see you and see an offer six to seven times now. Yes. So pick a group, maybe two, make sure you show up consistently in there and that you comment and you're kind and, and, I, and, and people will then get to know you. So there is no way really to jump in and get paying clients like instantly. You're going to have to get known as the kind of person you are. Yeah. Right, building up uh, yeah. trust and intimacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Uh, one of our last questions here: What do you do when you need to take your business up a notch, either mindset activity or or any other kind of activities? Like if you have something that you want to call in more income, or you want to call in more clients to a group or something, is there a special a special routine or? something that you do? Okay, so this is what I teach and, and men get this, women are a little resistant to this. What I have discovered is that if I'm going to do it, for example, in my thought leaders group, I now have a Q2 live program running with a bunch, with 17 teachers, 17 classes, 13 weeks. Most of my ideas like that I get when I wake up in the morning, but I do plan them. So I plan them based on the quarter. So this quarter I decided, uh, my mastermind opens up next week and I decided early in March that I was gonna do this program. So the way I do it is that I, I set it as a goal whenever I create a new program. Does that answer the question? So you're setting an intention and a, and a goal around it and then you, and then you do it. <laughs> well, and then I and then I've got three months to do it, and I begin with the end in mind. Thanks, Covey, for that one, right? And I go, you know, back back reverse engineer it. What do I need to do each week so that I'm not painted into the corner the last week? Yeah, <laughs> which I've done, right? So anything like that, I'm my focus is on one thing every quarter, business, and then one quarter a year, it's on personal and balance. So that's how I do it. I don't have a lot of things going at the same time. Mm -hmm. I will I make a plan. Basically, it's a plan. So many uh, entrepreneurs that don't plan. They just kind of do everything off the cuff. And, and it, it works for some people, but I think for consistency and longevity, that you definitely have to start to incorporate that, that planning. And a business plan is good to start with, and a quarterly plan is absolutely good too. So I love that. All right, so we're we're coming down to the end of our time. What uh, what kind of 
like maybe a favorite book or, or website or resource would you recommend? I know you've mentioned some already, um, but what would you recommend for, for coaches or, or entrepreneurs just starting out? Well, I would have to tell you Think and Grow Rich. Listen, it's the number two bestseller of all times. Napoleon Hill spent 20 years getting the answers that what is it that makes us happy, healthy, and wealthy that people have been doing for 5,000 years. The reason it's so successful is that he consolidated and synthesized these success principles. It's the number two bestseller of all times. All the very big personal development greats, mm -hmm. that's the, the, the source. Mm -hmm. That's where they all began. There's a reason behind it. So I would say, read Think and Grow Rich, but don't read it all. Reach out to me and I'll tell you which chapters to read because there's a lot of repetition and it's a big book. Mm -hmm. So it isn't necessary to read it all because the different principles will also show up several times. Right. So that would be, that is, I've read that book 85 times. I've studied it. I teach it. I live and breathe it. And everybody that I teach is being successful. And then my mentors, that's Bob Proctor is known as the think and grow rich expert worldwide, right? That's who I learned from. So there's gotta be something to it. So that would be the one. Okay, all right, wonderful. And then what, do you have a, a way for people a product or something that you're promoting this month or, or an opt-in? Well, let's see. I've got a $10,000 one hour. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave you a link, which you will post. And, mm -hmm. and the link when this releases is a program that I created for my clients. And I, see, I'm in my 27th business quarter and I was getting great results a few years ago. Everybody was happy, healthy, and wealthy, but the happiness was going away. So they were reaching their goals. Mm -hmm. They were making the money, but there was something missing. So there was some resentment growing. So we have to be really careful that we check that resentment. And as a result, one of the things I discovered is that we didn't know who our ideal client was. So we were attracting everybody. We couldn't even speak to our ideal client. Well, this was an ideal client like, oh, age 45 to 55, drives this kind of car, likes this kind of clothes. No. So I created a process using the Enneagram, which is the 4,000-year-old precursor to Myers-Briggs, yeah. right? And so this process has you determine your ideal client based on your values. <laughs> uh, it, it's very fun. So I am, I am giving that away. If you will go through that process, you can use it for your ideal referral client, your, uh, your referral partner, ideal client, ideal reader, ideal manager. If you'll follow that through, you will be shocked at actually who is your ideal client. And I wanna hear when you get that shock. So it's called Finding Your Ideal Client, and that is complimentary, enjoy it, and then let me know who that is. All right, awesome. I will definitely be uh, going through that myself. I'm curious now to see it. It's fun. Well, and you can find me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I have a, a group that I would love to invite you to. 
men and women, primarily it's women, but I'm letting a few smart men in. <laughs> and it's called, it's called One Woman's Voice on Facebook. And you'll find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Right. So if you like what you heard and you want to connect, let's do it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you guys for listening in and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. If you love today's show, please consider leaving me a review on the Apple Podcast app so other coaches can find the podcast. For more information about me, visit SuccessfulCoaches.com. For daily inspiration and affirmations, follow me on Instagram at Coach Cheryl Thacker. Be sure to send me a DM so I can say hello. Until next time, to your success.